I'm Yusha Master, I'm Will, and this is the Internet's Most Prescient Music Podcast. On the show this week, I'm joined by James. Hello. And Elle. Hiya. In this week's episode, we're reviewing the new album from Mandy, Indiana. We've got the upcoming releases you need to know about, but first, the news. James, what have you got for us this week? The Intellectual, Intellectual Property Office, the IPO, has today published the UK Industry Agreement on Music Streaming Metadata. The voluntary agreement sets out a positive commitment from uh, players across the UK music streaming industry, so I imagine this is people like Spotify, Apple Music, uh, to progressively improve metadata in new recordings and deliver consistent crediting on streaming services over a two-year period. Um, And in addition to these commitments, uh, the government will establish a work working group to explore and consider industry-led actions uh, acknowledging recent progress by music companies in this space. Yeah, they, they've, got, they've laid out a few points in this agreement that they want to share. Uh, it's a shared ambition to progressively improve metadata in new recordings um, over a two-year period. Um, is taking steps to ensure a core data set is associated with all new recordings. There's an agreement to follow and promote good practice in in the industry, an agreement to establish and support expert working groups on education and technical solutions to drive forward further improvements during the two-year period. That's in their words. It's important to note this is voluntary, um, and I assume you'll be able to find out if someone's opting into this um but yeah this this is quite interesting because i think the other week we were discussing about how i actually it might have been might have been a podcast i was listening to maybe it wasn't this podcast but um (laughs) yeah i think it's talking about uh, metadata and how yeah you can get metadata onto some things um, on art but it can often easily be stripped out and stuff um oftentimes it's not there at all so um i guess it is a positive way forward um but i i, I to be honest I, i'm looking at this i can't really see the future of it i can't really like see how much it'll improve um but i guess we will see um it seems to be positive i think things have been heading in the right direction anyway i mean basically the the big thing is it's making sure that within the kind of composers section of the the music metadata there's kind of the people who worked on the song so that those people can be fairly paid now and in the future for the work and because if that metadata is not there then you know all of that stuff becomes difficult and you have to go through legal channels to manage it but i mean just empirically i think i've been seeing more more composers being kind of actively put into stuff um, over the last few years, like it's been getting better. And it, it kind of links into the story we looked at quite a while ago now of um, songwriters getting paid a bigger chunk of the kind of streaming kind of profits. So they were, they were had kind of got this agreement where they were going to be paid more out of the, the kind of share overall um and this just makes sure that that's actually going to be happening i guess so that 
you know, labels are actually crediting them so they can then get paid fairly. So, it, yeah, I think it's important. I think it was kind of happening anyway. I'm not sure the government's really making any kind of big strides on this other than to kind of tell industry that it does actually need to happen. Yeah, they're giving a fancy name to it, which the government likes doing, I think. I will say that having good metadata was really quite nice back in the the days when I was buying a lot of music from like various sources. Now it's mostly just kind of Bandcamp or artists' own web pages. Um, but like back when it was a bit more of a Wild West in the 2000s and, and a bit after that, like you buy an album and you it would just be the, the text like title of the, the file. You wouldn't get any of the information or you'd get random inf information or there'd be like incorrect things or things formatted in really weird ways. And so, like, the first thing I do whenever I got an album was go through and make sure the metadata was all in kind of the, the same format as the rest of my library so I didn't have to faff around with, you know, composers all being in capital letters or... Oh, the really annoying one was there's something you can do in a file, and this is testing my memory because I can't remember exactly how it works, but there's something you can do in a file where it, it um, tells things to like ignore the main artist box and so under like sorting uh it'll sh only show things under the album artist name and so it, it just ends up like ruining your library and you can't find things that are it's a massive faff so i mean <laughs> if this had come out in like 2005 it would have been great but it's a bit late now Right, let's get on to our review for this week. We're looking at I've Seen Away by Mandy Indiana, released on the 19th of May 2023 on Brooklyn's Fire Talk Records. The album's 11 tracks long and 37 minutes and 7 seconds. It was mixed by Scott Fair, Robin Stewart and Daniel Fox, although I'm assuming those are three different people because on the Bandcamp page there are no commas. So it could just be Scott Fair, Robin Stewart, Daniel Fox, and he just, just happens to have a lot of names. Uh, of the album, uh, on the Bandcamp page it says, quote, Crucial to the album are effects wrought upon the sound by a clutch of unlikely off-site recording locations with novel acoustics, including screaming vocals emitted in a Bristol shopping mall and live drums recorded in a cave in the West Country. Other sessions happened in Gothic crypts, where the band's physical bass frequencies and experiments with volume competed with underground roadworks and upset a yoga class above. I've seen a way as a manifesto for these moments of openness and disruption, with sessions in more controlled studio environments spliced with spontaneously captured lo-fi recordings, including a field of Swiss cows captured by McDouglas while hiking. I'm going to kick off with um, probably a negative view on the album, so that's fun. Um, I don't think it was really for me. Um, I'll start with like some positives. I think it's it needs a like um it needs a good sound system of headphones. You need to listen to this headphones. Like I, I've the first few listens I listened to on a speaker on my phone, and it was just it really wasn't doing it for me. Um, but when you have those headphones, when you 
when you get to hear the whole soundscape, um, yeah, hear everything, um, it does come alive. And I think there are a lot of elements in this album that I really enjoyed and really like the sounds of, especially the first track as well. Um, I did find it quite a tiring listen and I'm not sure if I would listen to it again. Um, it was very percussion heavy and it was very, the percussive sounds weren't always drums and I appreciate them, things changing up a lot, but yeah, it was just a lot of the time, it was just a lot of sound that I, I had to really pay attention to and it it was quite tiring. Um, yeah, that I think when the instruments more, when I say instruments, but more more like the tuneful stuff comes in, I really enjoy it, and I do like a lot of the vocals as well. Um, the the speaking, the talking, the the singing, the screaming, all of that is really cool. But I think a lot of the percussion that I heard was done over and over again and it was the percussion I didn't quite like so this week it wasn't quite for me. Elle, what did you think? I thought this album was very interesting. Um, I found it quite a stressful listen I think because there's there's lots of things happening and the uh, what you read off um, from the band camp that kind of the splicing of all those different uh, things it yeah I just found myself quite stressed <laughs> listening to it it's just quite unsettling um I think a lot of it is that you know they are obviously trying to channel that kind of unsettling slightly I guess like maybe dystopian or apocalyptic kind of feeling with their sound with like screams and that um and references to uh revolution and things like that so I, I kind of understood that but I didn't necessarily enjoy it <laughs> Um, cause I just then found myself quite unsettled. I think also, um, it's been really lovely weather this past week whilst I've been listening to it. And I was like, this is not the right vibe for this album. Um, I'm, you know, kind of like strolling through the sunshine, listening to this quite dark <laughs> record and thinking it just feels a little bit at, at odds. Um, but it, yeah, there's a, there's a lot here that I thought, yeah, it was really interesting and quite unique. I liked the idea of kind of splicing these different elements of soundscape together. Um, I think when artists do that, it's it's a really nice way of kind of understanding how creating music can play into like the mundane everyday or just like the sounds around you and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I, I appreciated that from that kind of creative side of it. But I think overall... I didn't necessarily enjoy the album um, because I just found it quite, uh, yeah. It wasn't like a, a necessarily like a pleasant listening experience. I really enjoyed this album. Um, I'd agree that the weather does not suit at the moment and it's come out <laughs> at an unfortunate time um, where people will probably be looking for something lighter. Um, but it ha has this very oppressive feel to the whole thing I, I mean it's very much their sound that they they've been building up to um 
and it is quite hard to pin down and describe so obviously we've kind of said about it being kind of harsh and chaotic and and things like that but finding any kind of reference point to describe it to to listeners if they haven't heard the album is very hard i'd say the closest thing i can really think of is if you if you think about kind of daniel avery's more heavy uh reverb laden techno that he's done on some of his recent albums i'd say that's probably the closest kind of thing to get to this and potentially notable because he did remix one of their tracks in the past um what i enjoyed about the album is partly they're doing their sound which i think is quite interesting and and cool anyway but they they managed to not make it just be kind of that over and over again and they managed to cover quite a lot of ground and it feels almost cinematic in kind of the scope of what they're doing and i mean particularly james you've already kind of mentioned that opening track which obviously is is kind of just a synth synth wave track that sounds like um kind of the michael stein stuff from the stranger things soundtrack in a way um but then it it kind of dives into different styles without ever actually landing on anything recognizable across the album and it's not it's not just the screaming and kind of the the oppressive feel although it kind of creates that in different ways over the album um it manages to do quite a lot of different stuff i think the the drum tones are are one of the big things that make it kind of give them their sound because there's a lot of reverb on on them most of the time and with them also being quite heavy hits it it just has this very kind of unique feel um which makes it feel simultaneously huge but also kind of almost feels like like when you look at something huge like a massive building or something in front of you and you feel quite small it it gives me that kind of feeling and yeah i i enjoy kind of the techno influences across the album i i know that it's not not going to be to everyone's taste but i like that that oppressive feeling because i think no one else quite manages it to that extent. So yeah, I I really quite liked this album. Let me take that comment out of context. I really like that oppressive feeling. I um I also note down the like Stranger Things vibe of the first track. I felt the first track. I think the first track for me was probably my favorite on the album because it has such a uh, kind of cinematic quality to it where you do feel like it could be you know opening a show or a film and it's quite evocative in that respect like it feels like I think yeah I think going off what you said well it the album does what it sets out to do really well I just think I didn't enjoy what it was setting out to do <laughs> um it's not that they've done a bad job of it it's just that I personally that wasn't like what I was looking for um particularly in the sunshine but if you also enjoy that oppressive feeling then this is a great album for that like it it does nail that um and there are other tracks where if you're yeah kind of less inclined to that you know there are other elements that you can pick out I think the first track is a really uh good one 
for, I guess, a slightly more universal appeal, I guess, maybe. Um, and yeah, like I said, it, it kind of evokes very much a strong imagery. And I think that is something that you do get across the record as well. Like there's definitely, I don't think you cannot passively listen to this album. Like you are going to kind of have feelings that come up or you're going to have Im images that come up. It It's very emotionally powerful as an album in that respect, like because it is quite confronting. Um, it's not kind of, yeah, elevator music-esque type thing um and yeah I did like I said yeah really enjoy that first track for that that kind of I think the synths are used really well um across the album but particularly in that first track in terms of capturing that's yeah that unsettled feeling that I talked about before that you get in yeah in things like the Stranger Things theme and and those kind of I guess like um 80s horror and supernatural elements and things like that it, it, the synths work really well in capturing that like they use them for that effect really really well um and yeah I think it's yeah I think overall the the album yeah it is good at doing what it wants to do but if you're not in the right mood for that then it's it's not going to give you anything else. Like it's, it's very firm in what it's doing. Yeah. I can completely understand someone coming in and feeling just completely put off by, by this record kind of in the same way that last week I, I just didn't hugely enjoy that foyer red album because it was kind of, it just had so much going on. And it kind of blasted at you. I think this one kind of does it maybe with more purpose um, which might be partly why I enjoy it more in this context. If you like that first track, I'd say it's not hugely similar, but the other one that kind of takes things down and doesn't kind of bat you over the head with like screaming and, and the kind of like uh, cavernous techno beats is um, Crystal Aura Redux, the penultimate track, which introduces some kind of, interesting sounds it's got this kind of softer tone it's got these kind of like chiming like sounds in the background um it's got these soundscapes that have almost like a vocal quality to them so it feels quite organic in a way and it it just presents something very different from the rest of the album so it kind of you know towards the end then brings it back to something a bit less kind of I don't want to keep saying oppressive now. Um, <laughs> a bit less dark. Yeah, that first track was a standout to me. Um, I love how much um, atmosphere it gave. Like at the start, it felt like you were in the sewer. Um, like, and then it's like big, uh, like wide, hefty atmosphere um, came in with these like buttery smooth synths, and it sounded great. And then. Um, the, that simps goes into this like um, a more harsher sound, sound gradually, but that that felt really great. And then these uh, bells again, um, they, they come in, which is just sound really cool. Um, it really makes you feel like you're in like um, you're doing a task in a game or like a mission or something, or, or it's like a climax of a film. Um, and towards the end, it turns into like a beating heart with these 
like a sample of sirens that's been turned into an instrument or turned into a synth or something. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed that first track, and I was like, okay, maybe I'd really do this like this album. But yeah, I think I think it was just that had more of a mass appeal than the the other tracks. Can we take a moment to talk about the track names? Because I thought they were a really interesting mix. Particularly, you mentioned there were the penultimate track, uh, which is Crystal or Redux. But the actual uh, kind of track listing, like when it's written out, like prior to Crystal or Redux, there's, they're not emojis, like emoticons. Is that what they're called? Um, is it Windings, that font? Windings, yeah. There's there's something like uh, it's kind of symbols rather than um, like the alphabet, which I ju- I just thought was quite fun. I liked that, um, and I liked that it it felt like very fitting for this album, which is like this. Uh, it it has a lot of different things within it, so I enjoyed that. I also enjoyed again going back to, <laughs> to that first track, um, but it's called Love Theme, and then in brackets, 4K VHS. Uh, which I really enjoyed because, it, yeah, it, it feels, you know, like a love, I mean, maybe like some sort of love theme, but definitely like a theme of some sort. Um, and then the 4K VHS, I quite liked the uh, the kind of juxtaposition there of like something being in 4K, but on VHS. Um, I enjoyed that. And I thought, again, that was a quite nice little interplay, which is reflected uh, kind of sonically across the album. There's this kind of interplay between, also like going back to what, uh, the band camp was saying like these kind of stereo recorded uh sounds and then these you know lo-fi sounds and sounds recorded in unusual venues and things like that so I I thought that was a really nice uh particularly as the opener kind of like setting that tone of it's gonna uh contrast these these different elements um into this one uh kind of overarching record which um yeah, like I said, I think they, they do that really well. And if that's something that um, you're looking for, this is a great album for that. Um, but yeah, I just, yeah, I really enjoy, I just really liked all of the track titles, to be honest. I thought they were just fun. Yeah, just a small thing on the track titles, the driving rain and then in brackets 18 really makes it sound like a movie, right? With kind of the age rating mm-hmm. afterwards, which is kind of a nice kind of nod to it maybe trying to do something more cinematic, particularly with the opening kind of the other track, the previous track mosaic basically just suddenly stops. And then you get this little kind of like birds chirp or not birds chirping, like insects chirping noise. And then the rain comes in and it's just kind of this recording of rain for a little while before the rest of the track comes in. I really liked that kind of just moment to, to breathe and, and and a kind of, pleasant kind of humanizing sound put in there yeah i really enjoyed that with music being so short it's how long is it it's just under a minute and yeah especially kind of going into then the driving rain 18 like you said it, it feeling like a film mosaic kind of felt like like you kind of like sitting down to get to the film or like the trailers before the film or like, you know, when um, you'd watch a film again on going back to VHS on VHS and I think on DVD as well. And they'd have like that absolutely terrifyingly loud, like coming soon, 
mm. um like like graphic pop up or whatever um it felt kind of like that where it's kind of like oh slightly jarring and then suddenly you're going into a film which has nothing to do with what that experience was um so i thought that was just uh yeah quite fun yeah and on the driving rain as a track in general it was one of the tracks i really enjoyed for trying to do something different when the song kind of comes in properly it's incredibly like 80s inspired you've got vocoder vocals the drums sound 80s like you've got these big tom fills that feel like they could have been done by phil collins but there's like no reverb on them it's like the one the one time on the record where they don't put loads of reverb on the drums it's it it's like familiar but also a bit disconcerting because it's not quite right like it should have that that big kind of early digital reverb on everything and it just doesn't and the bass line as well the bass line is like just the way it's written is very very like 80s feeling and i think it all comes together and it it kind of lives within the world of the album but it, it presents something very different that they haven't done before which i really liked another track i i think does something a bit different but it's really enjoyable is the song iron maiden which has these really like odd metallic sounds i i don't know if it's a synth or or a guitar i think it's probably a guitar um but it's just so kind of grinding and and harsh it kind of reminds me of uh the track deep cover by sun Aurora, where it's just these kind of like big kind of swirling sounds that kind of take up the whole space um i that as, as well was another kind of interesting change of pace and something that i haven't heard them do before which kind of i, I don't think it needs to be justified but justifies this as being their kind of debut first full length over what they were doing on their previous ep where it was kind of not as fleshed out as the, the kind of sound they're presenting here um yeah this was a new yeah it sounded like the um the guitar kind of sounded distant but the the slow percussion as well um the speech samples sounded really quite emotional i wasn't totally sure what it was about um but i feel like it's something that you could listen to over and over again and try and figure out what's happening or i think it was probably in french but um yeah it was, it was really interesting and different yeah I, a lot of the lyrics um I like that they were in French because I personally just enjoy the way French sounds, especially within music, because I feel like it's quite uh, like lyrical as a language. But yeah, my GCSE French was not up to scratch in terms of figuring out what they were saying necessarily beyond like, I think at one point they say that like they're fat gay, and I was like, oh, oh they're yeah, tired. My wow. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I understand GCSE something. pull through. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's, yeah, like you said, James, it, it, you still feel like this intense emotion um, across the whole record, but particularly on, on Iron Maiden as a track, like you, you don't necessarily have to understand what the lyrics are saying to get that kind of, yeah, quite haunting, like grief feel filled uh, kind of energy coming from it, um, which, yeah, I wasn't expecting, but... Um, I, I did like on this track. I felt like this was another one of those tracks that to me kind of felt 
uh, I want to say cinematic again, but not in the same way as uh, kind of like Love Theme or The Driving Rain is or, or something like that. But um, more in the sense that it felt almost like it, like a clip from a film or something rather than like the theme. Um, and I think that's kind of probably what I took from like the whole album is that these tracks are not necessarily like the soundtrack to it, a film or a show, but the soundscape of a film or a show where you have like the soundtrack, like thematic elements, but then you also get these kind of uh, like the spoken elements or the screams or things like that, which feel like they form part of the soundscape of, you know, like a horror film or, or something like that, where um, that's still part of like the audio experience of the film, even if it's not part like, you know, on like the soundtrack that's then released um and I think that for me like came through on I mean I think there was then like a run-on of that I think like two stripe as well gave that kind of like horror energy um which yeah probably contributed to why I didn't say like enjoy the album quite so much because I was just a bit like oh <laughs> um but it, it captures that I think really effectively yeah I haven't had kind of the time or the inclination to go through and kind of um translate all of the lyrics but from what what i've heard about the album and the band more generally i understand the lyrics are kind of focused on themes of kind of the female experience and kind of experiences of misogyny and things like that and it i think the feeling of that comes across really well in the songs even though you might not understand what's being said if you don't don't speak French, I think, yeah, they managed to create the atmosphere so well that that you that you can kind of get by without needing to know what the lyrics are actually saying. I mentioned at the top that I really enjoyed kind of the techno influence across the album, and and kind of thinking about it now and looking at my notes going through, I really like how the kind of techno influence tracks progress across the album. So it kind of starts really with the second track, drag which kind of introduces them doing the more techie stuff and kind of moves away from that that opening track, which is very different from the rest of the album. Then track four, you get Injury Detail, which brings in kind of the, the kind of uh, drum synth hand claps mixed in. You've got these kind of call and response sections where the noise comes in. You've got this kind of arpeggiated bass and the cowbell also as additional percussion it all feels like kind of that kind of dark club techno and then you kind of move along in the album and and you get kind of different things and then you get peach fuzz towards the end which is kind of the biggest techno track really on the album with this huge thumping kick it it kind of goes even further into just being kind of a straight up techno track. I really liked that they kind of, they start with kind of a straightforward, it's their sound with techno. Then they do kind of techno, but kind of in, introducing different elements before going kind of all in and and kind of throwing everything at that final track in that kind of triple. I keep going back to the like horror-esque-ness that's not a word but that vibe um of it but what you kind of said there will just made me think again of like 
this whole record being that kind of narrative of a horror where you get it starts and you're like oh I feel a bit like frightened or whatever and then something comes in and throws it off again and the tension picks up and then you get that kind of climax right at the end of the film and I think yeah they do that like across the record like sonically like through those uh, kind of techno things but also I think just with like the energy of the record um you get it's not like it's a slow narrative and then it's like suddenly picks up at the end. You get these kind of almost like jump scares throughout the record. Um, like we talked earlier about some tracks ending um, uh, like quite suddenly, like abruptly. You, you're not quite expecting them to end and then they do. Um, and then also you get these, these uh, like certain sounds come in that you're not expecting. Um, or like you suddenly get uh, kind of like a load of cowbells and, and things like that. And, those kind of yeah like almost like sonic jump scares um feel very fitting for the record um they don't make it necessarily like a comfortable listening experience but it's definitely a um like a narratively interesting one i think the the sounds i possibly like some of the most in the album is injury details um sounds and especially that like organ sound at the start which sounded great um and then the percussion the percussion in this one was just fabulous i think I, that that beating uh, kick and the other percussive sounds were really cool and then um when it got out of it of that sound it i didn't like it as much but then you have that like repeating note on that um bass line which yeah it's just i don't know it was very simple but it kept things going and it was really cool Right, let's close out our review by ranking the album. You can have a look at the album rankings down in the description. Where would we like to put I've Seen Away by Mandy and Deanna? I would put it at number seven, I think, just below Pile. I really like this album. I think, yeah, I think it maybe is lower largely because of the time of year just because it, it really doesn't fit kind of what I'm looking for at the moment. So I haven't enjoyed it as much this week. But I think it is a, a, is a really, really well-made album. I don't think it's going to work for everyone. Actually, in fact, I think most, most people would probably not enjoy the album. Um, but for me, it feels like something really different, something really unique, something really interesting that... If I am in the right mood, I'll, I really, really enjoy. I think if it if it was a score of this is not to put down your um, like ranking, will, but in my opinion, like if if it was uh, based off like uniqueness, then this album would be like very high up and like trying something new that I haven't heard before. It'd be very high up, but um, like Elle said earlier, um, it's just not really something I'm striving for, even if it's them striving for it. Um, so for me, it would go down at the bottom half, maybe above uh, Foyer Red. So that's 15. Yeah, I'm going much more towards James's <laughs> opinion on this one. Um, I think, yeah, definitely just to echo in terms of kind of the uniqueness of it and the creativity it's it's really up there but then I think also quite 
yeah, there are several albums on this ranking that are perhaps like near the bottom that I think also do a very creative and unique job of things. Um, so yeah, that would be a whole other <laughs> ranking. Um, but I think for me, yeah, I would put it possibly, I think maybe 14. I think I'd put it above Kate Envy. Well then, that means... I've seen a way by Mandy Indiana goes in at number fourteen. Upcoming releases this week. There is tons coming out this week, so I'm going to give you a rundown of a whole bunch of it, and then you can pick and choose what you might be interested in. First up, Jada G is releasing her new album, Guy. Jada G kind of does disco-y house music, so if that sounds like something you'd be into. Maybe check it out. If you really enjoyed Jesse Ware's album that we reviewed a few weeks ago and you want something to that maybe pulls you even further into the dance music space, this would probably be a good kind of stepping stone into that. Uh, next up, punk band Dreamwife are releasing their new album, Social Lubrication. They're kind of on the maybe, I wouldn't say poppier side, but more on the kind of big alt-rock side of punk. So more in kind of it i think some people will take this offense to this but more in the kind of the foo fighters area rather oh. than like a kind of <laughs> like grungy punk band i really liked a lot of their singles um that they released before their debut album but that album just didn't click for me um but hopefully they'll kind of get back to that that kind of energy next up jenny lewis is releasing a new album called joy all um the whole kind of look of this album and the sound from the singles I've heard is her going for a very kind of 70s hippie kind of energy to it, um, which seems seems kind of interesting. And if that sounds like something you might be interested in, like a 70s pop rock album, uh, that would be one to check out. Janelle Monet is releasing a new album called The Age of Pleasure. I haven't heard anything from it, but Janelle Monet normally releases interesting pop music, so would be one to check out. And I think we've talked about her on the podcast a long time ago, where Jess brought one of her albums up at some point, but I can't remember which episode you'd find that in. Next up, a big one for me, and I think for for a lot of kind of people linked to the podcast, Squid are releasing their sophomore album, Oh Monolith. We've talked about Squid a load. Um, their debut album was incredible. Basically, everything they've released so far has been fantastic. And the singles off this are great. Um, so this is probably going to be the first one I listen to when it comes out on Friday. Next, This Is The Kit are releasing a new album called Careful Of Your Keepers. I loved their last album. It, it was kind of a folk album but they'd really fleshed it out nicely with horn sections and the drums sounded great and it it all worked really well together so if you haven't heard their previous album go check out this the kit and then keep an eye out for this new one um i haven't heard much from it so i i don't know what kind of direction they're going in but um they're a great band Going back to something a bit more punk, Youth Lagoon are releasing a new album called Heaven is a Junkyard. Singles sound good, so might be worth checking it out. K-Lone is releasing a new album called Swells. Uh, they released a really interesting album a few years ago, which was like 
dance music, but very tropical feeling. Um, it kind of had a, it just had a great kind of holiday energy. Um, I can't remember the name of that album off the top of my head. I think it was Cape something. Um, but if, if that sounds like something you'd be interested in, go check out that album and maybe the new one. King Cruel is releasing a new album called Space Heavy. I've never really been into King Cruel, but I know uh, other people on the podcast have been into him in the past, so uh, that might be one to check out. And finally, Gengar are releasing a new album called Red Sun Titans. So if you're into kind of an indie pop-ish type album, I think that's kind of their remit. Um I've enjoyed some of their tracks in the past, so it might be one to check out. That's it for upcoming releases, and that's it for the show. Thank you for listening. Thank you, James and Elle, for joining me. Thanks for having us. Thank you. If you'd like to hear more from the podcast, you can follow us on Twitter at Unmuted Weekly. If you want to get in touch with us, you can drop us an email at unmutedmaster at gmail.com. And if you enjoy the podcast, you should subscribe on your podcast service of choice and know that new episodes come out every Monday. And if you can't remember that, then you can turn on notifications in your podcast app. I can now announce that the album for next week is... The Answer Is Always Yes by Alex Leigh.